Well, chap my ass and slap me sideways, it's your pal Sig Neutron. It is January 13th, 2022, which sounds so fucking futuristic, but this is the future I'm sure none of us could have imagined. Uh, we're still in a raging pandemic that uh, dips and rages and surges and dips. Who knows what's even happening at this point? I had to take a long step away from just everything in general because 2021 appealed so many layers off of my being and my awareness. I have been in so many spaces a personal exploration. I've gotten into ARGs, NFTs, cryptocurrencies. I've spoken with people about sex, sexuality, gender expression on the quest to figure my own self out. I've listened and learned to so many indigenous people that I am honestly asking myself, is America even a good idea? I have so much to catch you all up on. And one thing's for sure, it's not going to happen in one episode. So you got so much hot, steamy spewtron to look forward to. So buckle up as we go back and I try to catch you up on where the fuck I've been. I'm Sig Neutron, and this is... So full disclosure, I actually haven't made an episode uh, in so long because I just, I didn't actually feel capable. Uh, For the longest time, I just felt like I wasn't sure what to say. I I was, I was, the last I talked to y'all was back in March and I was on the verge of a lot of self-discovery that was just going to lead from one thing to the next to the next and eventually I was just like holy shit man like I just need to I don't know I just like kind of went really introspective and spent a lot of time just trying to figure some shit out and um now I feel like I'm ready well I mean like actually I don't feel ready but I just know it's time for me to get back to it and I think getting back to it and and doing it is going to help me get back in the flow so let's just start, yeah, with the last episode. Uh, I skimmed it because also, like, I don't know, it's weird. I don't actually like listening to the episodes of my podcast. I don't know why. But sometimes I like to listen. I like listening to my music. Um, but, like, sometimes I, I cringe listening to my own podcast. But I, I like it. I think it's good. But I don't know why I, I don't particularly care about listening to it again. I don't know. Maybe I should go back. Actually, I should go back and listen because here's the thing. Starting episode two, um, that was when I got sober. Episode one, I was not sober yet. And uh, episode two was the beginning of my sober journey. So from episode two to episode 112 chronicles my journey of uh, just getting sober and discovering the deeper intricacies of the universe and I don't know just having fun with it but uh so yeah back in March I I skimmed through the episode a little bit and I hadn't come to the realization back then uh that I am in fact non-binary um again I don't I don't particularly care for terminology because I feel like the nuances and just complexities of human beings can't really be encompassed in just terms but for the sake of communication and understanding uh yeah I'm by all accounts non-binary because but what is that you know I'm realizing uh that wasn't yeah wow there's so much I want to say it's all like flooding out um I non-binary I didn't even know this was a thing uh I 
Okay, so first I realized um, I I did some research. So, okay, yeah, geez. All right, get it together. The first time I put on heels, what, it, it changed something in me. I like opened some kind of pathway in my mind that sort of, oh, okay. And uh, there's something about this that speaks to some kind of certain level on me. And also like clothes definitely aren't, uh, there is no gender to clothes, but when you don something typically <clears throat> associated as feminine, uh, and then it that allowed me to it, it just just seeing that broke my perception of a lot of things. Uh, so then I was like, man, am I am I trans? Uh, so I ventured out to figure out what does that even mean. So I looked, you know, I started with just looking at the definition of trans. What is that? And actually, I don't even know if people have caught, like, if if society as a whole realizes this yet, but the definition of trans is if you identify as anything other than what's on your birth certificate. Uh, So I realized that I I don't identify as simply as a man. Um, So... I, there, I, therefore, I am trans, and trans is the blanket term. Now, with under, in, in that uh, umbrella, uh, there are many different types of trans people. Uh, so it's, you know, at, and I'm definitely not even going to claim that I'm a spokesperson for the trans community. I just happen to fall under that umbrella, right? And the more particular place that I fall under that umbrella is non-binary. What is non-binary? Non-binary means that you don't identify as either male or female. Uh, You don't really subscribe to the binary thinking of that and the societal implications. See, it's it's a very, it's almost very like philosophical and very, um, well, for me, my own personal, uh, this, I guess this is the first time I've actually like tried to describe it to anybody, but I found my way to my identity through my spirituality. Um, if you look at alchemy and, uh, also lots of occult practices and also indigenous cultures, there, um, there is, there is a certain magic in the acceptance of both and the reconciliation of opposites, which is masculine and feminine, uh, light, shadow, sun and the moon, bringing those two concepts together within oneself is a very powerful thing. And this is something that you have to venture to find on your own and, and to, under, to truly understand it. I can tell you about it, uh, but a lot of people still don't understand me when I talk about it. Uh, and that's part of the reason why I just kind of disappeared for a while because, like, I don't know, people, people weren't getting it. But now I, I realize that it doesn't matter if people get me or not. It doesn't matter if people understand me. Um, uh, all that matters is I understand myself. And that in itself is a very powerful thing. Um, I, I had, what really helped me figure myself out was listening to other perspectives like Alok, uh, is it Alok Venom, Venom, uh, the, on Instagram, they, uh, also identify as non-binary and they're really like, I just love the way they put things into perspective and it really helped me understand a lot of things. But, um, I heard them say just the other day that like, uh, non-binary or no, maybe this was somebody else that said that. I don't know. Non-binary, basically, whatever. Non-binary is an invitation to ask questions. Um, and maybe 
maybe that's not a blanket statement because maybe not everybody wants to explain what it means to be non-binary. But for me, I I look at that as, yes, it's because the, the binary uh, is harmful. It's these... It's these boxes we put people in that people more and more are, the more we connect and, and stuff, we realize that a lot of us don't fit in those boxes. And to jam people into that is actually harmful. Uh, so much, like, just, I, I, I look at um, the, the conversations around transness and gender expression and identity, and I realize that so many people have been so hurt by uh, this societal cis heteronormative, uh, you know, uh, society. And what is, what is cis? I I guess I'll talk about terms too, because I think that's important. So cis is like, uh, the gender you are assigned at birth, right? It's, um, if you identify, if you were assigned male at birth and you identify as male, then you're cis. Uh, if you, same thing with a woman, if you were a woman at birth, it's on your birth certificate, you identify as a woman, you're cis. Um, and that's not a bad thing. Some people find, like, think that's like an insult or something. Uh, I think it's because it gets thrown around with some sass sometimes. Uh, and this, this is a whole other area that we can dive into at some point. But uh, I've, I've done some episodes actually that are in the can, uh, that I've got to cut up and I'm going to be releasing where I talk to people about this because once I just realized what I was, I wanted to find a community. I wanted to connect with other people like me. And then what I found was, uh, wading into the trans community. It's, it's, um, it's a very, it's a volatile place, I'll say. And I'm not talking shit on anybody. And also, I'm speaking solely from my own perspective, right? This is, personally, I have found that there is so there is a lot of division within the LGBTQ community. And I guess, you know, we're still calling it the LGBTQ plus 2S, you know, like we're adding all these acronyms that, that are divided. So, of course, there's division in there because, again, there's all these little boxes, uh, that people are put in, and then they, they, I've, I think what's happening is that people, so many trans people aren't even acknowledged. Like a lot of people, don't even acknowledge the existence of trans people. So when you're, when you know you're something, but then the world won't even acknowledge you baseline as you as what you know you are, then that leads to. A sort of defensiveness because you're constantly having to try to prove that you even exist. People just can't accept it. So then that also sort of uh, leads to, I think, a, a space where uh, trans people are creating safe spaces for trans people, but then it's sort of kind of there, there can, that can lead to like gatekeeping, and then you have to be this way to be trans, you have to be that way to be trans. And actually, even in the trans, there's even like kind of conflict, I guess I'd call it, with even non-binary people being accepted within the trans community. Um, it's, you know, it's a, it's a very complex situation because I think a lot of people are trying to figure themselves out and find community in a world that doesn't even acknowledge the existence. I think that's kind of what it, you know, where I'm at now, that's sort of 
what I see. And, and again, my opinions on this stuff are always ever shifting. And you know, I've always said, I don't claim to know everything. I, in fact, acknowledge that I don't know anything, uh, but I'm always interested to just toss things around and explore topics and try to figure stuff out. So if I say anything that is offensive or anything, like I'm not trying to be offensive, I'm just uh, speaking from my personal perspective, which I always acknowledge the limitations of my own perspective. So growing up in a Midwestern town, Indiana, uh, I, it's it's really hard to explain now or even like fathom, but I, growing up in that bubble, I didn't even know that trans people existed. I, I, I didn't even know that was a thing. I didn't know that was an option. I didn't know that uh, many, it's a very, quite common thing, right? Um, and the only time anybody talked about gay people, it was gay people and devil worshipers they were always like hand in hand as like some kind of weird degenerate satanic fucking weird thing man and it's like growing up in that reality man it really it really fucks with your head man because i had all these feelings and i was like trying to figure myself out and just like i would yeah i really liked wearing women's clothes and i would shop in the women's clothes section and everybody would always give me shit and they're like you know that's women's right and i was like yeah actually i fucking know you know um but I didn't even know why I was gravitating towards those things. Um, and But now when I look back and now that I'm aware of the existence of like non-binary and I'm like, oh, that's totally fucking me, you know? So again, I've gotten a lot of upcoming episodes where I actually interview guests uh, and we talk about their experience with gender expression. And, and, and it's like, and I really think a lot of, uh, a lot of people will... Um, get a lot of uh, a lot of great perspectives because I also realized that like nobody really talks about this stuff sort of just I don't know openly and just genuinely I I don't know I, I just like to have frank conversations and just like hear what people how people perceive the world and that that helps me uh, expand my own perspective you know and make sense of myself and especially when you really find out like oh you do that too wow okay like i'm not alone um so realizing coming to that realization led to the next realization that was really just another like my whole world kind of fell apart is realizing that uh i'm autistic and I, this is, this is a big one, and um, I, there's, there's just so much uh, about it that, uh, I, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll need to put together, like, a whole episode and, like, really break it down, um, but there are, there was, I discovered so many oddly specific things that uh, I didn't think there was any way anybody's brain worked that way or, uh, you know, for the longest time I had thought that I, I was very certain that I had OCD. Um, but then I have so many other things that I do and my way my brain works that also fall into the autism spectrum that it just made so much sense. I, I was actually able to really do a lot of mental healing once I discovered that because I was able to identify and use terminology and things that actually um, helped me realize so many things that I could actually like correct course. For one example is like hyperfocus. Um, that was a problem of mine that I, it was detrimental to me and I didn't even know what that was. But soon as I learned about that, 
I could immediately identify all areas in my life when I was doing that and when I would uh, about to slip into that, which would lead to uh, just incredible bouts of anxiety and depression and just self-doubt. And, it, you know, it's just a slippery slope. Um, but uh, now I just it, it's actually learning that has like really... I don't know. I'm just like, wow, that was that was an incredible thing to learn because it, it has helped me understand myself better. And I think, isn't that what we all want is to understand ourselves? Because when you understand yourself, you know, that's that's really the only thing that's like prime directive, I think, in existing is to uh, know thyself, you know. So again, I'll have some upcoming episodes about autism. I would like to interview uh, autistic people because autism is a widely diverse thing that is like widely misunderstood too. Uh, and I think, um, yeah, I'm going to have a lot of episodes coming up with that. So again, this episode is kind of like me quickly touching on everything that uh, is coming up on Sputron because, man, I got a ton of stuff. We got... Um, uh, you know, I got a bunch of stuff from the archives, too. We have a ton of Philosopher's Stoned episodes that I've never put out um, and interviews and all kinds of stuff. So uh, after realizing that, um, I was kind of getting my bearings. And then next thing you know, I find out about Stop Line 3. Uh, and if you don't know Stop Line 3, a pipeline was being put uh in Minnesota through Anishinaabe territory. Um, and there were indigenous people out there protesting this pipeline and being brutalized. And it was getting no mainstream coverage, like whatsoever. Uh, and I'm like, okay, so this reminds me, if you remember, uh, my first experience with indigenous uh, issues and just a knowledge and awareness of what's happening in indigenous communities was uh, my pal Full Metal Carrick. Um, heard my Revolution Radio episodes that I was doing around the Black Lives Matter uh, time when that, was, that movement was in full swing. And uh, he hit me up and he was like, hey, can we talk about uh, indigenous and Native American uh, issues? And, you know, even we did two episodes and... I didn't even, I guess I wasn't even necessarily aware of the scope, even back then, um, of, of how, how big uh, all of this actually is. And soon after uh, interviewing Carrick, uh, I interviewed my friends from the Kumeyaay and about the Trump border wall and how they were just blazing through sacred land with like no you know, like they just didn't give a shit. Like the, the government just is going to do what it wants. And I, I thought in my naivety, I thought that was just an isolated incident. You know, I was like, oh man, this, this can't, you know, we kind of hear, I don't, in school I was taught, I learned about the trail of tears. Um, but then it was, it was just sort of like, oh, and after they move to the reservation, they live happily ever after. You know, there was like really no follow-up. But there is a massive history of indigenous civil rights struggles throughout. And it's ongoing to this day. Um, and 
And it wasn't until I learned about line three that it really all started, all of the dots started connecting. And I'm like, oh my God, this is a widespread systemic issue that is not talked about in mainstream media. And it's it literal corporate colonization is happening today, this very day. Uh, with indigenous and water protectors being brutalized by police forces who at the behest of corporations. They're literal in Minnesota, the Enbridge Corporation is the one putting this pipeline through, and they're a Canadian company, right? Putting a pipeline through American, I'm doing air quotes, uh, land, but it's actually Anishinaabe land. And they actually paid like for the police they 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 were paying for their overtime right this is a private corporation pay a foreign private corporation paying american police to brutalize indigenous people so that they can extract resources from their land this is happening today right and then and then i'm like man this is insane how is nobody talking about this and then guess what? Right after that, I find out about what's happening to the Wet'suwet'en people in Canada, which is the same thing, is that the coastal gas link is backed by the RCMP, the, the, that's the Canadian police. They're literally pulling guns on indigenous people because they said no to putting a pipeline through their sacred headwaters, you know? Like, this is, this is in, insane. And, and it's, it's, this, this is just two examples, but then there are so many other examples that this is happening all over the globe. And, and it's like, this really needs attention. It really needs to be talked about because indigenous people sit at the intersection of so many issues. Look, we are literally undeniably facing a climate crisis right now. So for one thing, this is a huge human rights issue, right? Uh, like... The history is so dark, what has been done to Native Americans. And honestly, like, I don't even like to call them Native Americans because they were here before America, you know? Like, the, the, um, the indigenous people of uh, so-called America is, they, they refer to the landmass that is America and Canada uh, as Turtle Island. So the indigenous people of Turtle Island were here before anything was called America. Um, and they were forcibly removed back then, uh, put onto undesirable plots of land. And now today, corporations are still blazing through that land, not respecting tribal sovereignty and tribal rights to their land. And it's just ongoing. This is, this is insane. This is atrocious. This is horrible. And it's like, I, I can't even bring myself to like, you know, like at this point, I'm left wondering like, what even about America even resonates with me? Because like there is so much about this country that like doesn't it doesn't represent my values, you know? I just happen to be born here on land that somebody calls America. You know, currently at this portion in time, this tiny sliver in time, this land is called America by uh, people that an uh, entity that forcefully, took it you know like and, and then the people that it was taken away from are still here today uh and they're still suffering abuses um so i have a whole series coming up with uh interviewing more indigenous people and uh, talking about line three and i'm gonna reach out and do more interviews but we really like i i please know how important it is to amplify and uplift indigenous voices right now 
because they're, you know, wow, I haven't even gotten into the other issues, but like residential schools, basically, uh, they, after indigenous people were forcibly relocated, uh, then they were subjected to forced assimilation where the the government uh, would take their children and put them in schools to li- they weren't allowed to speak their language they cut their hair they gave them christian names and they tried to completely erase the culture and the last residential school closed in 1996 okay this means like any indigenous person that you actually talk to, their family, like one generation away, has suffered the trauma of residential schools. So this is fresh. People are still living with the trauma of this today. It's not something that happened in the distant past. This is something that is still actively affecting people. Yet how many people in mainstream American society know of this? Because again, it's not talked about. It, it's like... It's scary how much this stuff is not talked about. So again, I'm going to have a ton of episodes coming up and I'm going to do my best to uplift uh, indigenous voices because they need to be heard and they need to be respected. Uh, And for us to move forward into a, a future that respects the planet and the people like indigenous people need to be put front and center because their, their wisdom and their uh, connection with the land is absolutely important and that is something we have lost because of colonization uh and you know american imperialism that continues to this day it's 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 atrocious it really is so another space that i have dove into is the decentralized web and the crypto space so right now actually is like society sort of as a whole is starting to actually kind of talk about it um, you know, it kind of blows my mind because I was trying to tell people about NFTs and uh, crypto back in like, yeah, like March, uh, you know, mid last year. And everybody, nobody fucking knew what I was talking about. Nobody even like, I don't know, they just looked at me like I'm crazy. But there is huge things happening. Uh, it, you know, what's so fucking funny is that fucking Mark Zuckerberg rebrands Facebook to Meta. But the thing is, is the metaverse has already been existing uh, way before. If I can, they're just they're just trying to put their stamp on it and trademark the name Meta because that actually is the term that encompasses all this stuff. Did you know that there are places people for a long time now have been selling digital real estate in virtual worlds that you could actually open up shops, you can open up an art gallery, and people could walk around your virtual world and actually buy literal like art, the NFT art that's on the walls of your art gallery with real money, cryptocurrencies. So, and you say, oh, that's not real money. But then, but what the fuck is the US dollar, right? A fiat currency is only worth, $1 is only worth one US dollar because we all agree that that's what it's worth. There's no gold standard backing it up. There's no, there's no anything behind it other than the belief that we say that the belief that we have in the dollar and the the value of that, right? So you got to take a second and and cryptocurrencies will literally shatter everything you thought you knew about money and worth uh, and just value in general. Uh, Because like, let's take for instance, and here's the thing, people are going to like, now that people are actually talking about it, they're just saying, oh, it's just a bunch of get rich quick schemes and all this shit. And it's like, is there that stuff? 
Absolutely. Is there scammers? Is there con artists? Absolutely. But anything that actually generates money or wealth for anyone is always going to attract those types of people. So rather than say, write the whole thing off, we should look at the benefits of this space and actually move into it together and keep each other safe as we actually pursue systems and infrastructure that better people's lives. So check it out. Dogecoin. I bought Dogecoin when it was like 15 cents. All right, for like one Dogecoin, okay? Uh, a week later, it was worth 76 cents for one Dogecoin. That's an insane markup. Yeah, we're only talking about cents, but if you look at, and again, I'm gonna do episodes that really break this down, but just a quick overview. If I would, think about, if you would've bought like, uh, I don't know, like $5,000 worth of Dogecoin when it was 10 cents, and then it skyrocketed to 76 cents. That's a huge markup, okay? And why did it go up that much? Because Elon Musk was tweeting about it and making a big old deal about it. And that's, people actually write off cryptocurrencies because they're like, oh, well, if Elon Musk could just tweet one thing about it and it just crashes or it goes up, then, you know, why would I even want to invest in something so volatile? You know, Elon Musk is irrelevant here. He's just a figurehead and someone that pu the public has put on a pedestal. And if it, he only has a big platform because people allow him that platform. But what you should really look at here is what's behind that. If one person could tweet something and then a bunch of people just believe it's worth that much, then it is worth that much. And it doesn't stop being worth that much until people stop believing it's worth that much. So Dogecoin like went back down because people stopped, like they got scared and they were like, oh, the people, it's not going to be worth anything. So I better sell mine, you know, but there are still people out there, the Dogecoin army, they're still holding on to the belief that like Dogecoin is going to... It's gonna, you know, be a thing. And here's the thing, it, a joke meme coin, right? A digital coin that was a joke became worth 70 cents, 70 American cents, right? So it almost became worth an actual dollar. So just, just take a second to like wrap your mind around that. What if Dogecoin actually, and it's totally possible that it could, what if it became worth more than a dollar? then it would have more buying power than the U.S. dollar, okay? If, if we could all just make the leap, and here's, here's what we need. We need a solid uh, cryptocurrency that is built fully transparent and people actually believe in and has good infrastructure. And then if we all actually bought into it and said, you know what, I keep believing that this is going to be worth like this much, like we could actually build an entire new economy based on crypto assets, right? It's, it's super exciting, but you just have to kind of like allow yourself the freedom to look at new possibilities, new perspectives. Like the crypto space is incredibly exciting and also, yeah, and incredibly sort of, it's the fucking wild west right now. But, you know, like innovation comes, you know, from chaos, you know? So I, I think... Is it perfect right now? No. And also, is there environmental issues with uh, the power usage? Yes. Uh, but here's the thing, is that if we could actually build, if cryptocurrencies could actually fix the economy and people could have a, an abundant flow of monetary resource to spend, then that is, that is absolutely something that we should be pursuing. But here, like, 
but what what is something that we should stop doing? Like, you know, people like attack me like, oh, you know, you aren't you an environmentalist? Well, like, first of all, I never said I was an environmentalist, but I do care about the planet, which we all should, because if that's fucked, then it's game over for everybody. You know, like the foundation, the planet is literally the foundation for everything. Um, so what should you stop doing is things like eating meat, because it's like, it's incredibly terrible for the environment. Deforestation, and it just doesn't make any sense because Cowspiracy, you can watch it on Netflix, does a great job of illustrating this, is that the resources it takes to feed meat and the return that you get from meat is not sustainable. It's not a good business model. It's it's actively destroying the planet. Uh, so, another, yeah, that's another thing in 2021. I became like full vegan and I'm sure at least one person out there listening to this probably rolled their eyes because vegan has become such a loaded word that people just pile their own associations on it. And, oh, if they heard one vegan being pretentious about it, then all vegans are pretentious. And it's just like, it's as simple as, you know what, I'm making plant-based decisions because that is clearly the solution. And if you haven't realized it yet, hopefully you will soon. Um, but the meat and dairy industry is a terrible blight on the planet, actually. Um, and I'll probably do more episodes diving into that in depth, but, um, it's something to think about. I don't want to, I don't want to like come for anybody and be like, hey, you got to do this. You got to do that. But like, I would genuinely ask that in the interest of humanity, um, just do some thinking about it, you know? Uh, be open to the information and try to be proactive in in your own ways that you can, you know? So back to the crypto space, uh, NFTs. Now people are really actually starting to talk uh, talk about it. And um, there there are so many incredible opportunities for artists. Uh, One, first and foremost, being um, you with NFTs, when you sell your NFT or your digital painting, you can encode a royalty into that where every time it sells after that, you as the artist make uh, typically 15, sometimes 30% uh, every time it sells. So that's that's incredible for an artist because like they're, they're, you don't get that nowadays. You know, people buy an artist's art and then they flip it for way more money and the artist never sees anything of that. Uh, there are actually instances of people setting the royalties up to where they, they donate the royalties to charities. Like they, there's so many like good, cool, exciting things that we could do with this stuff. Um, another thing that's being kind of uh, born from the whole NFT crypto space are something called DAOs, uh, Decentralized Autonomous Organizations. These are ways, new creative ways that people are coming together like corporations, but are non-hierarchical and they're it's 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 groups of people pooling money and resource together to achieve goals that shit's exciting we should be looking into that we should be learning from that that's what i'm doing and i you know you got to be looking towards the future because i'll tell you right now you i've been speaking out on it for a long time the corporate bullshit is like literally like the corporate overlords are you know the the old skexies they're, they're playing their games and they're destroying the planet in the process. And if we as people need to figure out how we can embrace our power and our creativity and come together with real people power to achieve new and greater futures, you know? 
So in addition to all of these wonderful new areas I've been exploring, um, also been really growing spiritually. Um, and, you know, I again, yeah, I feel like when you say spiritual people, that's, that's another loaded word. But um, I don't know, I've started saying like, I, yeah, I'm into the occult because then like, you know, when you say you're spiritual, people think you're like hippy dippy and shit. But like the occult, man, that's like some dark, crazy shit, you know, getting into. Um, and those are those are the areas I like to uh, play in. But also, Rani has been um, wow, just what a journey she's been on. It's been a real honor to watch her grow and embrace her gifts and her powers and. Um, I'm continually getting guidance from her and from spirit. And she also has, uh, she's been making unting untings and she's been connecting with her lineage uh, in the Philippines of like, you know, and learning about bylons and um, there's so many exciting things. I, I gotta, I'm gonna have Rani guest again and we'll catch y'all up on to what she's doing. But we're actually doing a, she, well, she's doing an ancestral healing ritual uh, tonight live on Twitch. Um, and I'm sure that'll be up on the YouTube, but go, uh, Randy's website is magicagogo, A-U-G-O-G-O.com. Uh, if you want to book a session with her uh, and get some guidance, highly recommend it. Um, and also if you want to, she's been making uh, magical little, uh, pendants and artifacts that, uh, I watch her, you know, bless them and, uh, the whole process, she has them on the altars and everything. And those are available on our Etsy etsy.com slash shop slash bizarro agogo b-i-z-a-r-r-o-a-u-g-o-g-o uh check it out um but yeah i think that's about uh the i mean there's so much i want to talk about but like i said it's not all going to fit in one episode so um Get excited because I have so much new and old Sputron that is, hasn't been released yet coming y'all's way. And I'm going to be getting back to the streaming and getting back to, you know, um, <clears throat> we're working on Bizarro at GoGo. Actually, we're going to do a, I, I'm like, all right, how do I realize my dreams? How do I manifest it? And I realize I've never just tried to do a crowdfunding uh, thing. So we are going to buckle down and we're going to do a Bizarro Agogo, the series, crowdfunding. And we're going to pitch a series, but to the people, because I, I'm i just overworking with, you know, big uh, studios and things that just want to fucking suck you dry for your ideas and make money off of you. Um, I, I want to create what I want to create because the world needs to see it. And, and we're just seeing increasing censorship. Uh, movies are just PG-13, floppy, flaccid, soulless uh, garbage these days. I don't know. I don't I don't like talking shit, but, you know, the big industry, big Hollywood, uh, it's just, uh, they're just, you know, they're... There's just so much wrong with it, uh, and we'll get into that too on another. Maybe I should do a whole episode about how it's fucked up that the Hollywood just makes movies for the Chinese market, which is uh, heavily censored, and it's a whole thing. Look into it. It's it's really frightening and and very concerning. Also, holy shit! Speaking of China, we should be concerned. Uh, I see a lot of things of, you know, people speaking out against the Chinese government go missing, and then they come back, kind of brainwashed or they don't even come back at all uh 
So that's, I, I fear that human rights abuses are happening in China and it's, it's very concerning. Um, but I don't know. And I, I, I don't know why that popped in there, but something that uh, we should, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't have an answer to that, but, uh, at least be aware of it. Um, but yeah, uh, so again, actually this, this feels good. I'm glad, I'm glad that I just buckled down. Uh, oh, that was another thing I wanted to mention is that if you can't hear it in my voice, uh, I am some sort of sick. Uh, for the first time in two years, I have gotten any kind of sickness and, uh, I took a COVID test, uh, one of the at-home ones and it said I didn't have COVID. So, but it also says that that could be false negative. So who knows? I just know that I'm staying home, staying quarantined. Um, and it's just, what a strange time we're living in. You know, it's like people used to get sick all the time and it wasn't a big deal. And now I just feel so gross for even being sick, uh, which is strange. And I just wonder, you know, before, before the pandemic, we were all living in this terrible web of bullshit mass media that just hyperinflates things, preys on people's fears, tries to get ratings, has its whole agenda, you know, that's like, that's not even, that's not even conspiracy. It's like these, these systems, uh, these networks need ratings, you know, so they do shit to get ratings and that shit warps reality because these are supposed to be the objective sources in which we obtain information, but they're, they're not objective. They, they have a bias, they have an agenda. So going in, going into a pandemic relying on them for like this already fucked up system of information to disseminate proper information about uh what's happening is like i i, I don't know man that's i really feel like I, i'm just in this liminal displaced reality that it's it's really tough to know what to believe these days um but i believe in us I believe in the human spirit. I believe in creativity and imagination and love and compassion and empathy. And uh, I believe in us. I really do. And I think we're going to get through this and we're going to be stronger and we're going to be better. And uh, I believe in a positive future that we're on the way there. It's just, it's going to, you know, change is hard, change is uncomfortable, but change is absolutely necessary. And change can be fun if you allow it to be. Um, so if you haven't noticed yet, shit's changing. So it's a lot easier if you change with it. So be open to new ideas. Be open to new information. Um, be open. Don't Be flexible. Don't be rigid because if you're rigid, you break. But if you flex, you bend and then you pop back up, you know. So uh, until next time, I'm going to actually I'm gonna buckle down and a uh, new episode every Monday. Uh, of Sputron. Yeah, I look forward to all kinds of things coming up. And uh, I look forward to getting back in the swing of this. If you dig this show and you want to support me and also this show and also see some sexy photos of me and all kinds of artwork that I can't post anywhere else, I, I paint lots of uh, pornographic imagery and I post it on my Patreon, patreon.com slash rancig, R-A-N-C-I-G. That is uh, unfiltered SIG Neutron over there. So uh, definitely pop over there. Uh, it's only, you can join for as little as a dollar and get access to all the content because I believe a pay what you can economy is the way of the future. Um, or at least it's a possible, uh, solution, you know? 
So we're just trying it out. But anyways, I love you all. Thanks for listening. And uh, we'll catch you next time, which would be Monday. Stay tuned, y'all.